Has the power play finally been fixed? We'll talk about that on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining us on tonight's episode. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online vlogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, like I said, uh, you know, the Jets power play, is it fixed? Well, you might think so looking at the recent scores and what the Jets have done recently. Let's talk about it, though, in the context of a big game against the Minnesota Wild. The Jets have just come off beating uh, Minnesota 6-3, to and you might ask yourself, well, maybe the Jets' power play is, is solved, right? Because you look at this game, the Jets' power play connected on a couple of opportunities, and when you look at the 5v5 play from this game, you might actually say that the power play was what helped the Jets win, which is true. Uh, I think the power play, especially in this game, um, it was a big reason Winnipeg came out on the right side of the uh, the final score line. But, you know, is it fixed? I'd say it's, it's, it's perhaps fixed, right? I think there's a couple of key problems with it that still pop up, especially when it comes to getting that initial zone set up, right? Uh, it, it does take a bit for the Jets to actually get into position. Usually, like the initial zone entries and everything, take a good minute or so. And then you'll kind of notice that even then, you still got some slowness from Shifley, uh, Morrissey, and Connor. But in terms of what Villardi and Monaghan have been contributing recently, they've both been two of the biggest reasons the power play is suddenly clicking again. It seems like those two have managed to create some really elite, you know, a net front threat. Villardi has been really great below the goal line. And so in a micro sense, yes the Jets have fixed the power play, but it's more down to a couple of really big individual performances from some big players that has likely been one of the biggest differences. Now, for the game against the Wild, you know, the Jets uh, really did need to rely on both their power play and the goaltending because the Jets at 5v5 were a huge mixed bag. Uh, we're seeing continued problems with the top six. I think, you know, the, the thing that we've kind of pointed out is that you know, the bottom six, generally speaking, has been has been pretty good, right? Uh, the fourth line saw one change in this game where Barron sat because he wasn't feeling super well. So Kupari drew back in. And, you know, the Jets also made one change on the back end, swapping Logan Stanley for Nate Schmidt. Uh, so other than that, you know, most of the line combos were the same. Bones made it sound like there were more personnel changes coming, but apparently it was just those two tweaks. So, um you know, I didn't really think that you had to do anything to the bottom six. The third and fourth lines have both been uh, pretty effective, although I will say that scoring-wise, that's been the only thing that they really weren't doing recently. But 
In this game, the third line kind of went ham. We saw a goal from Appleton. Uh, we saw an empty netter from Nino Niederreiter. But even when they weren't scoring, they were creating good space. They were creating some good threats off the rush. Um, there was just better play from that unit in general. So bottom six, pretty nice game. Fourth line kind of did its job, you know, ground down some tough minutes, ate a few shifts, and that was pretty much all she wrote. The top six, on the other hand, uh, definitely struggled, especially defensively. And I'll talk about, you know, some of the continued, continued issues and why the Jets coaching staff uh, really needs to rethink the strategy for this. But in terms of just this game alone, um, we saw a Kyle Connor goal, which was kind of fun. We saw, you know, uh, a few other folks get involved. We had Velarde tap in a power play goal. Uh, you had Velarde again tip one on the power play again. Just some good stuff, some fun stuff. Things that we're not really expecting to see, I suppose. You know, the Jets power play scoring twice in a game. Now two times in the last two games that that has happened is, is pretty surprising. So good for the Jets. Glad to see them start to connect and hit pay dirt. And I think for Winnipeg going forward, it's nice that the power play might be uh, at least semi-repaired because the 5v5 play is definitely taking a nosedive. Uh, that is unquestionable. And, you know, I, I've talked about some of the line combos being a problem. We'll focus on that, like I said, in a little bit. But otherwise, you know, for the Jets, this was probably a big win burying one of your tough rivals. I will say that I was expecting a much more explosive game, and we didn't really get that. Uh, the only time that things uh, got particularly heated was just Logan Stanley dropping the gloves with Jacob Middleton after Middleton had a little bit of an awkward collision with Shifley into the boards. I think Shifley got caught on the ice as they were going into the corners, and Middleton uh, definitely wasn't intending to hurt him, but accidentally got in behind him. Uh, there was a little bit of a, I don't know, that it was even really a shove. It just seemed like Shifley started to lose his balance and went in pretty awkwardly into the boards head first. So that was pretty scary. Uh, thankfully, you know, there was no damage done. Middleton only got assessed like a two-minute minor for a hold, which was the correct call. You know, the rest of the whole situation was totally not intentional, not really a penalty either. Uh, but Stanley, of course, you know, he, he saw the hit. He didn't like it. And whether it was intended or not, he answered the bell and unfortunately kind of got caped in, in that fight. But whatever, you know, it is what it is. At least he stood up for his teammates, I guess. Uh, that's really what he was brought in to do. And in that respect, he did exactly what he was asked to. So uh, congrats to him, I guess. Um, otherwise, you know, big takeaways. Uh, Brassois was good. I think that that was fun to see. Uh, Declan Chisholm kind of showcased for Minnesota why the Jets were comfortable waving him, which was fun puck movement and not so stellar defensive work. So yeah, for me, I've always kind of, uh, I've always sort of viewed him as like a smoother skating Pionk. And then that's kind of the extent of, of his ability, which is fine because as a number five or a number six, that's totally cool. If you can do that and occasionally record some points, no one's really going to complain, especially on his current deal. But in terms of what the Jets needed, perhaps maybe not the best fix for Winnipeg's blue line uh, depth issues. So, you know, overall, good for him. Glad to see him getting a chance to shine. Hopefully he continues to do really well for Minnesota because, you know, he's always going to struggle to get ice time with the Jets, but maybe with the Wild he can cement a place and become a more mainstay player for them over the next couple of seasons. But 
For the Jets, obviously the most important thing was coming out of this game with a big two points. That's what they did. They took care of business, and it is on to a, a, a pretty not super challenging but busy next few uh, weeks as Winnipeg closes this month out and prepares for the final month or so of NHL action because the regular season is actually coming to a close here pretty soon. The Jets have like 30-odd games left. Uh, can't believe we're already kind of at this point, but we're getting pretty close to the end, and I'm sure Winnipeg is probably to some degree uh, relishing the opportunity to close out the season strong and get themselves into a good playoff seating. So lots to look forward to, lots to get excited about, and hopefully Winnipeg can come away with a couple of big victories. But obviously for the Jets, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that they need to resolve first before they get to that point. I've talked and, and sort of alluded to a couple of those issues, uh, which we'll get into in just a moment in greater detail. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. I'm not a basketball aficionado, but I know enough to know that Steph Curry has been one of the best three shooters in years, perhaps in history. Uh, you know, even though his career is kind of winding down, I have tuned in occasionally to see, you know, Giannis in the playoffs. That's usually when I start to watch basketballs in the postseason. And again, I'm a pretty casual fan, but no matter what, FanDuel makes it easy to win big with some of their awesome prep props and bets, uh, which you can get in on. I'm sure a lot of you follow the NBA a lot more closely than I do, and this is your chance to turn that basketball watching and knowledge into cash. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Who knows? You might hit a half-court jumper. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are uh, walking through some takeaways from Winnipeg versus Minnesota. A couple of big moments in this game, maybe some things where, um, <laughs> I guess, you know, despite the win, the Jets may be should be a little bit concerned about, and we'll get to that in just a second. But before we go any further, just wanted to shout out something really cool the Locked On Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and it's now available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. Now, talking about the Jets and, and uh, you know, just sort of circling back to what I alluded to earlier with Jets having a couple of key issues. One of the biggest things right now that's weird with the Jets is that they went from being a good 5v5 team with poor special teams to a bad 5v5 team with a really good power play. Not so good uh, PK, but at least the power play is scoring at a pretty ridiculous rate the past couple of games. But the 5v5 portion uh, is really in, you know, in reference to the top six, which is kind of one of your most important parts of the team. The first and second lines just haven't really gelled together. And, you know, we're seeing them defensively struggle. We're seeing a lot of these top players kind of be invisible in a lot of instances. And I know people will see the Kyle Connor go and say, um, well, you know, the top line scored in this game. What's the problem? Well, the problem is, is 
when they don't do that, they're really struggling to get much of anything going. And honestly, even without that goal, uh, or even with the goal, I would I should say, I thought that their performance tonight was really not super uh, impressive. You know, you see them get shelled defensively. You've seen them struggle to make zone exits. There's just a lot of issues with the way that these combos are arranged. And it kind of comes down to two particular pairings on both the first and second lines that don't really work together. The first is going to be, of course, Shifley and Connor. They just, I know the theory of them is that you have two of your best scorers uh, on the same line with Velarde as a nice complementary support. And in theory, it should be a great success, right? Uh, Connor is one of the best one-on-one -on -one matchups and in one of the best finishers on the team. Shifley is a versatile do-it-all sort of attacker. And Velarde is great defensively, generally speaking, and also has the ability to uh, attack the slot pretty effectively. The reality has been a lot less ideal. Um, Connor and Shifley together just never really put up good numbers. I know that they can score a lot, but they've also kind of conceded much more uh, than they've typically scored. So it's it's a concern. Um, I think the goaltending has probably masked just how bad some of these line shifts have been. But, you know, at some point, both Hellebuck and Brassois are not going to be able to keep the puck out of the net forever. And that that duo is going to start conceding a few more opportunities, especially because like the blue line hasn't exactly bailed them out either. So, yeah, top line, not great. And the second line, you know, the combo of Ehlers and Perfetti, it just doesn't really seem to gel all that effectively either. I feel like Perfetti needs actually like a slower pairing mate, which is kind of weird to say because that line doesn't have a lot of foot speed outside of Ehlers, but I feel like Nick is just not on the same page as those guys. You know, they're more slower, they're a little more deliberate, and Ehlers is the kind of guy who really thrives off the rush, off of perimeter offense, and players who have a nose for the net, which Perfetti and Monahan don't necessarily play that game. Monahan would probably be the one that I would say harkens a little more closely to that archetype. But overall, right, you know, I, I just don't really see this trio playing all that effectively. Monahan until recently wasn't even that noticeable at 5v5. And I feel like, you know, Perfetti needs somebody who's maybe not racing up the ice like a gazelle consistently. So, you know, I think swapping Ehlers and Connor would at least. Uh, give you one really strong line that we know works on the first line with Ehlers, Shifley, and Villardi, which I, I keep hammering home. I really feel like that's a trio that we got to see again. I, I don't know if the trio of Connor, Perfetti, and Monaghan would necessarily thrive, but at the very least, if you have one line that's doing really well, you can perhaps take some of the load and stress off the rest of the other three lines. Because right now, with the top line not really creating a lot, it's asking more from everyone else, and only a couple of those players have been able to really step up and answer the bell. So, you know, for the Jets, it's not the worst thing to figure out. I don't really feel like it's that hard of a, a solution necessarily either. And maybe the Jets even address some of it through a trade, right? Winnipeg is still doing some scouting. We keep hearing that uh, Philadelphia scouts are flirting with the Jets again, which is interesting because I don't know what Winnipeg would want from Philadelphia right now. I, I would imagine uh, a quality winger of some sort would be a potential fit, maybe Sean Walker on the right-handed side. But, you know, aside from that, what could the Jets actually pull out of Philadelphia? Don't know. Um, I have a couple of players I really like from the Flyers, but in terms of guys who would fit on the Jets and who the Jets would actually trade for, not not so sure on that, if I'm being honest. It's it's a tough call. You know, Winnipeg is 
seemingly loath to trade some of its best assets. And given that they already gave away their first for Monaghan, you know, the Jets don't have a lot in the tank that I would say they're particularly comfortable trading. Uh, maybe Barlow in a second gets you uh, a solid player like Konechny, you know, with, with another piece on top of that. I don't know what the other piece would have to be. Uh, you need at least one roster player going out. So, you know, maybe it's like Appleton going back the other way or I follow. I, I don't really know. All I know is that the Jets are are still apparently having conversations. They keep scouting each other. So uh, maybe it'll lead to something. I don't know. I think Sean Walker would probably make the most sense. But maybe the Jets go for a big winger. Maybe they pull off some kind of a blockbuster deal where it's like a first from next year, a second, and Barlow for, for Konechny or something. I have no idea. All I know is that the Jets had better be smart and make the right deal because this team is in a, a good position right now to make some adjustments and maybe make one more acquisition that gets us to the promised land a little bit faster. But let me know what you think about that and what you think the Jets should be asking Philadelphia for. How do you feel about the line combos? Do you agree that it should be Connors and Connor and Ehlers that are swapped? Who else should potentially get a promotion? Drop your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter slash X. Now, uh, obviously, the Jets are, are sort of winding down the regular season. There's only really, you know, a, a small stretch of games left, which, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that there's not a lot left. But, it, you know, the, the season ends on April 18th, and we're already uh, almost to, towards the end of February. So the end of the season is actually rolling up on us really quickly. And, you know, Winnipeg, I'm sure, wants to kind of wrap the season up in pretty impressive fashion. But they've got a few games with some tough opponents ahead in order to do that. We'll talk about uh, who we can expect the Jets to potentially come away with points from and who they should watch out for in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. Obviously, when it comes to buying tickets, a lot of you know how much it sucks because you get hit with surprise fees. Sometimes the taxes and stuff uh, almost double your cost of admission. And, you know, half the time you don't even know what you're getting in terms of views, right? You might buy a pair of tickets. You might think that you're getting great seats. But instead, you find out that you've got absolutely no way of actually seeing what's happening in front of you. I've had a few of those experiences before. And Game Time has, too. You know, their folks have gone through the same process and troubles that we have. And you know what? They're tired of it just like we are. They offer in-venue uh, in arena views, which is great because if you want to know what you're actually paying for, well, Game Time is going to help you get a little bit closer to that experience. They also offer killer last-minute deals, flash sales, and all-in pricing so that you don't have to worry about being it with surprises. Game Time knows exactly um, what you're, you're dealing with, and they just want to make it straightforward, easy, and direct right and they also offer a lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection and so much more so if you want to take the guesswork out of buying tickets go with game time download the game time app create an account and be sure to use promo code locked on for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for 20 dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are closing out with some preview thoughts ahead of a, a bit of an interesting stretch of games for the Jets over the next couple of weeks. Winnipeg is uh, definitely winding down the season, and, you know, the Jets have 
at least a couple of days off until Friday. Uh, but, you know, Winnipeg is preparing for, I would say, a difficultish end to the month. Winnipeg's entire stretch here is going to basically be going through, you know, some of the I would say middle of the road to stronger teams in the central because uh, you've got Chicago, Arizona, St. Louis, and then Dallas. So it's kind of like ramping up in difficulty over the weeks. And, you know, Dallas in particular at the end of, uh, at the end of February is, well, that's going to be a real benchmark game for the jets. I'm hoping at that point that we have maybe a more reconfigured top six because uh, the stars are definitely at the front of the central for a reason. This team this year has been really strong. The jets still haven't beaten them yet. And, you know, I don't know with how the jets are playing right now, if I would exactly expect them to come away with a big victory. Um, I hate to say it, but you know, Dallas is one of those teams where even when they, they don't create as much or, perhaps, you know, don't score as much as some of like the other teams traditionally have, you know, their offense this year is still one of the tops in the league. And actually they've scored as a team, as many as Vancouver has. Um, they've not been as stingy as teams like Winnipeg have, you know, the, the goaltending has been a little bit of a question, but overall, you know, this team is, is definitely a very potent force. Uh, they've had a couple of games where they've scored like nine goals against some some opponents, which was kind of funky. You don't often see something like that. Although past two weeks, maybe that's been a little bit of a different story. But uh, Dallas, definitely the toughest opponent on the slate of games. Would be really good to see the Jets come away with a win against them. Um, if the Jets do beat this Dallas team, maybe it puts them in striking distance of the Central Division title again because Dallas has played three more games and, you know, Winnipeg is only trailing the lead by three points. So overall, good stuff. Uh, but before then, the Jets have a chance to get a couple of easier-ish wins. Winnipeg first takes on uh, the Blackhawks on the road. Hopefully, we don't see a repeat of the last game when Bedard was in where he won an overtime. And that was really annoying because it felt like the Jets kind of threw away two points. Uh, this will be a later game at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 your time. So only later for me, but obviously uh, night games are always kind of like, eh, not my favorite. And then the Jets come back home for a couple of games. Uh, the first one being um, the Arizona Coyotes on Sunday, which should be a win. I think the Jets have a very good opportunity to come away with both points in that game. The Yotes have been reeling. The Jets have beaten them the past few times. And uh, with Arizona's form really dipping recently, I don't see why the Jets should struggle too, too much against an opponent that has been quite generous in goals against for um, their opponents. So let's hope that the Jets come away with a big win there. You know, if that's that's four points already, that would give you a pretty nice little uh, lead into St. Louis and Dallas. Now, the Blues game is going to be an interesting one because St. Louis recently has reeled off a number of wins and put themselves back into the wildcard conversation. They're in fourth in the central, which is not as good as it sounds. You know, they're trailing Colorado by like 12 points um, with the Avs just about to beat the Canucks. They will slide into second place. So really St. Louis would be trailing the Jets by like 13 points. But overall, right, you can tell that they're firmly more in the wildcard conversation. And at this point, probably in like the second wildcard spot. So they're not an easy out, right? I think this is a team that you really can't take for granted. They've somehow managed to claw themselves back into the playoff race. They're not particularly great. They're not the strongest team, but they're still there. They're still an annoyance. And 
you know, they should hopefully be a team that the Jets still get a win against. But if Winnipeg only gets like a point or two out of like a point or so out of it, you know, that's fine. Just make sure that you at least come away with something out of this game because the game against the Stars will be a much tougher test. I know Winnipeg beat Vancouver recently, but I think the Jets were probably a little bit lucky to come away with both points against the Stars. You're going to have to be at your best behavior. And I don't know if the Jets are necessarily going to be that based on what we're seeing at 5v5. Winnipeg has really struggled recently, uh, especially with the top six kind of scuffling. And unless Bones finally makes the right changes to the top six, I, I just don't know that the Jets are going to come away with a win. You'd have to really hope that Hellebuck kind of stands on his head and probably steals one because the Stars are going to be fast, they're going to be dangerous, and I'm not expecting them to have a slow start. So uh, this this stretch could be more like four to five points out of a possible eight, which is fine, right? Like that's pretty good, actually. But, uh, you know, it, it is going to be frustrating if the Jets lose to the Stars again. I would really hope that Winnipeg is able to come out with at least an impressive performance. You know, show that you can at least match up against Dallas. Earlier in the season, it was a pretty close contest, but uh, with how the Jets have recently played, I don't know if it's going to be as close in the second one. We just watched the Jets kind of get um, outplayed at times by Vancouver, Calgary, and Minnesota. And sure, the Jets won two of those games, but that was probably a little, a little bit more fortunate than I would say uh, the score lines indicate. So, you know, I, I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm just trying to be realistic. And I think that's kind of where Winnipeg is at a team right now that's sort of living off the power play and some finishing and really has to hope that the goaltending holds up. But let me know your score predictions for a couple of these games. Uh, I think for, for the game against the Hawks, I'm going to say four, two jets against the Yotes, maybe five, one, um, against the blues. This will probably be like a two, one or a three, two game. And then the Stars game could be like 4-2 to Dallas. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'd like to be wrong about the Dallas one, but it is a bit of a tough assignment and it's a road game. So we'll have to just wait and see for that one. But like I said, drop your score predictions in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening and making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow with even more Jets coverage, maybe some trade deadline thoughts as we continue to see teams scout each other and get ready for a, a busy march. But for tonight's show, that's all the time that we have. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.